Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. In this Thanksgiving episode, Ryan discusses topics such as business coaching, financial planning, and fields questions from viewers. What's up, guys? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and I hope you're doing well. Please jump into the comments as I have no idea what I'm talking about. Hey, Nick, how's it going? So been hanging out with family and been eating some food like everybody else. And uh, my um, my wife is Filipino. For, for anybody who knows, you cannot hang out with a group of Filipino individuals without karaoke. So upstairs is karaoke. So if you guys hear singing, if you guys hear crying babies, uh, that's all game. That's it's Thanksgiving. So karaoke, crying children. I'm ignoring all of my responsibilities to be here right now. So hopefully you guys have some questions and uh, I don't know what they would even be about. Um, maybe I can give you a little update about what's going on with with Emco and even even what we do. I think people are even confused with what we do. But let's get started by me asking you, how has your Thanksgiving been? How's it been for you guys? By the way, I'm by myself because Corey has three children and he's selfish and he's hanging out with his family. So I think uh, I think you guys should remember that just like I will. You know that the fact that he's taken off for a for a holiday. Um, and uh, I don't know if he's watching, but I hope he is. So anybody who's hanging out, um, appreciate it, you guys. I hope you guys are having a good day. And I appreciate you stopping by for the few seconds to see what's going on here. So I don't really have a show planned. Um, I, I kind of want to give some updates about, I think, just kind of what I did today and kind of chat with you guys. And I think go with uh, go with what MCO is kind of going through and what, why, why we adjusted but, but I don't know. At the same time, it feels boring. So today I've been hanging out, you know, eating, hanging out with family like anybody else. Um, you know, didn't, I guess one of the things I could say is, especially on a holiday, I felt the, necessary, I felt the necessity to do this show. For me, it feels important to show up every day. I don't know why. Even if I don't have anything to say, it just feels important. It just feels like even if I didn't have a training regimen, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go work out kind of thing, I guess. And it doesn't, it's just something that's important to me, just something that I feel like doing. So something that I decided to show up and try to do. And, um, you know, let's pick a topic. Let's, let's not talk about MCO. That sounds boring to me. So I'm trying to think of a topic that I can have something for you guys that I've been dealing with talking to advisors about. And, I had somebody mention to me recently about business coaching. So if I've been talking a lot about processes, if I've been talking a lot about plans, something like that, that's where that comes from. So we've had a lot of members who come in for the marketing aspect and then they're like, what do you guys think about business coaching? What's a, either what's a reasonable price or what do you think a, a business coach would, would add to what I'm doing right now? You know, and I, I started asking people, um, let me know what what your questions are and let me see if I can answer them. And I guess I felt from a standpoint that uh, I was in a small business for eight years and doing the operational side of that business for that entire time. So I felt really comfortable answering those questions. So it was really cool because I had people who didn't offer financial planning ask me about what they could do to improve their business process. And what a like what an amazing thing for me to be able to share how simple our financial planning process was, but just the aspect that there was one and just what a financial planning process does to your business. Um, I, I, you know, I can't change everybody's life, but if, if you're not marketing and you don't really know what to do, or if you're not, <coughs> excuse me, if you're not marketing and you don't really know what to do, or you're not, um, you don't have a financial planning process or you don't provide people financial plans, then, you know, geez, I, I do think I can change your life, honestly. So happy Thanksgiving to you, Nick. By the way, I never said that. What a jerk. I put this up for a while, but I never said anything. So it's one of the things that we've been talking about. So I'll probably add in a little bit of business processes and um, probably add in a little bit of 
operation side of the business because it was it's just something I love talking about. I can't I can't ignore it. That's, that's it. if you're looking for a reason, that's it. It's just something I can't ignore. So I, let me talk about a financial plan for real quick. So let me give somebody some some real valuable information before I jump off um, for this Thanksgiving day. My financial planning was, or our financial planning, I should say, and one of the benefits of me stepping into an established business was that I was able to be a part of this practice and see what it looks like when something really functions like it's, in my opinion, supposed to. I think a lot of people aren't charging for financial plans and they get the end result that they could have gotten and you can charge for the service that gets you to that plan and it creates a better relationship up front and ends up making you money in the long run. Should advisors have the same financial planning process for every client? I think your financial planning process is the same in the sense that in your mind, you have a certain amount of meetings in the same sense that in your mind, you're, you're looking for the same answers from each one. Like example for you, Nick, and I don't know what your process is. Uh, I'm sure your process is, is, is awesome as everything you do is. But my process was 30 minutes up front. Let me ask you questions about you. Let me figure out the scope of the relationship. And let me see where we're going to go from here. Talk to me about the issue at hand. Let's connect on a human level. And I don't want to, I don't want to hear about investments unless you want to get into it. So sometimes the second meeting creeps into the first meeting. Uh, but the first meeting, I want to connect on a human level. The second meeting, I usually like to say, you know, send me this paperwork and give me the, the, the assets or give me the, the thing that we're actually talking about, whatever it may be. I want some, I want somebody to manage this money. Here's my 401k question statements, you know, um, all there's, there's always a bunch of stuff that's going on during the plan. So I don't think it's the same for everybody because sometimes you'll have a family who's retiring and sometimes you'll have an individual who's making $400,000 and has, you know, is not married. And sometimes you have a business owner. So, you know, it's always a little bit different, but your process is probably the same in terms of the information you collect, how you communicate with that. Somebody will be different depending on what situation they're in. That's what I would say. Uh, so for me, you know, it was always like, let me see where you are. And for most people, we had them in a similar bucket. So if you're dealing with similar people, maybe you feel like your process is the same, but it depends on who each person is, depending on where that advice is, where you tell them to go, obviously the tax situation and all this stuff. So it's sort of yes, sort of no. I like to think about it as the process is, um, the process in my mind you know, is the same with variables as it can move. So it can, it, it can adjust a little bit to whoever needs it to adjust. I like to adjust each individual person. What should advisors change for planning? Should it be a one-time fee for annual? This is really interesting. You know, um, Jonathan, I don't know if you go by John, um, but it's, I believe that advisors can even, I, I do believe in charging upfront, especially for a plan, because I think you're charging for a, a service that usually may carry over a month or six weeks or something like that tops in terms of, um, well, I guess it depends where you are and what you're doing for somebody. But for me, it was, uh, for me, it was, um, uh, it made sense because you're charging for that somebody for, for that service to, to kind of say, let me show you where you are financially. Let me, let me organize it for you. Let me tell you what you can do. You can execute it by yourself. You can execute it with me and then you can decide from there. So I always like the upfront plan. Now, what I also like is the monthly plan. That's, I think people are getting into. So if you're an RIA and you can choose that, um, or if you're if you're with LPL, I think you can use advisor pay or something like that where you can charge monthly. So I think it depends where everybody is financially. But I think we can all agree too, especially as financial advisors, that you if you really want to work with somebody that that will value the relationship, they're not afraid of paying you twenty five hundred dollars or writing that check. They see the value in what you provide. They know you have great advice and and they're not afraid of something like that. So it's kind of mixed between selling the unsellable. Um, and and finding the right person. So I think you should see where you are in your business, and obviously, um, and then kind of go from there. Uh, you know, if you're if you're established and you have thirty or fifty, you know, million assets under management, you're not somebody who probably needs to charge monthly, and you can just tell somebody to charge up front. I found that most young advisors who focus on charging for an upfront planning fee can't close 
from the ones I've chatted with. My experience with this has been that I take people through the first meeting or two before I bring up, I bring up, I, I bring up the fee, but I don't talk about paying people. And I talk about going through the first two meetings and I kind of treat people like they're already in the process. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the closing issue is. I, I, I think for me, especially like if I'm four meetings in or something like that, like we're, we're in, we're in the process and I'm, and, and, and I'm, I'm feeling comfortable going with somebody. So I guess I'd have to, I, what I would ask somebody is what is your issue? When do you feel that people are, are backing out? Is it when you get to the investments? Did you try to do everything at once in one meeting? Was it two meetings? Was it six when it should have been four? Um, I think there's a lot of things that you could ask about your process and how it provides value for me. I think it was pretty simple in terms of try to create the human relationship. Like I said, sometimes people are just ready to go and they and they bring the investments, whether I want them or not. And they kind of create meeting one and meeting two and combined. But let's say by meeting two, um, I have everybody's information. Then I tell them, let me get back to you with something by meeting three. By meeting three, we're talking and I'm saying, here is your financial plan, what it looks like. Now, the computer gives you the computer view of it. This is what the computer looks like in terms of where your investments should be. This is where you know your equity investments should be. Where I come in is translating what this computer says versus how you feel. And I'm the execution on what this plan says to do. But I pick the specific investment. So if you're looking for my expertise to, uh, to execute on this plan, then we can do that from here on out. If you're looking to do this on your own, then that plan is for you. Then, then we've transaction with the fee. And, you know, sometimes it's just a planning fee. Um, but I would say nine times out of 10, the planning fee ends up being the execution on the plan. Because if I'm presenting the plan, people want me to execute on it and they appreciate it. I present people with a list of things we're going to do for the year. Um, I present people with my, my process is very simple in terms of showing them the problem that I think they have. And I make sure that's clear from the very beginning. So if you're not closing, maybe you're not spending enough time on what their issue is, and you're just trying to present a bunch of financial information. Sometimes it can get really confusing. If you start talking about investments and specifics and taxes and expense ratios, you can lose people. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. That's, that's what I do. You know what I mean? And we'll get into the nitty gritty, but for, for my point in terms of closing and what people would say, it's for me, for, for somebody to trust me and understanding that I have control of the situation and what we should do. And I'm the one who's going to quarterback it. So that's the way I try to lead into it. And as we lead farther into the process and get through it, then people usually want me to execute, like I said. So Nick from coaching, young advisors spend too much time talking about how much they change and don't build enough rapport. Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe that's just something, like I said, closing. I, I think usually with my with the way I market, with the way I talk, the way I present myself, when I'm meeting with somebody, it's almost like we're already in the process with, with working together. And I think you just get there with how you present yourself. And obviously, you're going to waste some time and, and see people who are kicking tires and not sure. But I, the, the closing issue could come with the presentation or, or how you present yourself. Do you even sound confident? You know, I don't know. And maybe that's because you've only done it a couple of times. I mean, you can spend $50 a month on Money Guide Pro and sound confident in, in sharing a screen with somebody. And I show them what their plan looks like. And here's what your, here's what your, you know, your, your net result is. And here's your liabilities. And here's, here's, the, here's what paying down debt sounds like. And I keep the high level conversations while showing them the big picture. And then I always point back to the fact that I come in in the micro, I come in to execute on the micro. Here's the big picture. You're paying for the plan. And here's where I execute. And that puts me in a position to execute on it. And that puts them in a position to do it if they want to. Um, but that's the way I always looked at it. You know, Nick and uh, Nick and, and John, Jonathan, you know, I'd be interested in hearing how you guys go through your planning planning process like how many meetings do you have or um, when when are you collecting uh, statements and um, you know all, all those little things that I think come along with it I think for me it just happens happens almost uh, over a, a I would say a four or five meeting process really you know um, and I like to keep it to a four or five meeting process maybe 30 minutes a piece. You can get into an hour, like I said, when you get into the nitty gritty. But for me, it's like, let's make it short and sweet. 
let me remind you why I'm providing you value. And the first step is for us to communicate on a, on, on a, on a level that I understand you as a person and I want to understand the scope of business, like what you want from me. There's some times where there's somebody who has retirement, but they want me to only help them with their, their dad or their mom or something like that. It's, and I, and I want to be very clear on those things. Finding those things out in the beginning, asking those questions, taking control of the meeting, because I really want to know. I mean, I'm not just taking control in a power move. I really want to know. I want to know because it helps me plan. It helps me do better for them. But just the but me taking control and the process itself, I believe, does the closing. And when I feel confident and when I tell people how I feel about how I can help them, I, I think it just resonates. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear about the specific situations where people are having issues and where they're not closing, because I think you could find that's where you would tweak your meeting and find out what you're talking about. You can see people when they start to gloss over or when they don't care. Again, that's why I keep it short, keep it sweet, and um, and, and kind of keep it high level and why I can help them. So so I agree with building building rapport. Um, and it's it's always what I'm doing is relationship building. 1500 for a plan one time, try and gather all the data up front and fill in the gaps during subsequent meetings, usually three to five meetings. You know, exactly, Jonathan. Um, exactly. I, I completely agree with that. And that's basically what I was saying. And I think a lot of advisors fall in that gap. And I think we all figure out that you could have more meetings if you're dealing with um, if you're dealing with business owners or people going through succession planning or something very specific, but I think depending on who you're focusing on retirees or something like that, there's a, there's a pretty decent three to five meeting process where you can gather all the data, you know, provide how you can help them and, and, and show a plan. Uh, Nick Nielsen, after a first meeting, 95% of the time, I will know whether, I will make them an offer to become a client. See, I like that, Nick, offer to become a client because that's the way I look at my planning process. Like I'm interviewing you and I want to talk to you about the first meeting, about the scope of the relationship, what you expect from me. Um, because if there's somebody who says like, you know, my last guy's getting me six and I want 7%, then I'm like, well, here's what I believe. Here's in what my planning would do for you. I'm not in the game of of convincing somebody that I'm gonna I'm gonna beat another advisor or another market. I have to look at their investments and see what's going on there before I talk about that. I'm not I'm not necessarily in the selling game as much as I am in the in the educating and planning game. You know, that's that's all I'm about. So like to me, everybody gets a plan. You know, I provide that service. If you want me to execute beyond that plan, then that's fine but I provide planning. That's just the way I've always looked at it. That's the way I've always felt. John, uh, Jonathan, I am becoming okay with people saying no, they don't want to pay because they most likely aren't serious about planning. And I summarize that a little bit, but yes, uh, I, I completely agree. Again, I think it goes back to the fact of what I said is if we're being realistic, somebody who's afraid of paying $2,500 of a plan doesn't see the value in the financial planner or the financial planner hasn't do, done a good enough job presenting their value. But the fact of how much money we can save and, and how the value you can provide in terms of tax savings, in terms of, um, you know, legacy planning, in terms of college savings and, and be just emotional support. It's just so much, it, it goes so far, so completely like I'm, um, that's why I'm so on board with, with planning and paying for financial plans, providing somebody with that value. I don't know if anybody sees that net that just landed on my finger. Just there you go. That's your okay. Well, anyway, I'm easily distracted. Now you know. So um, it, planning is so important for those reasons. It just cements the relationship. And I'd also like to add in ap out of absolutely nowhere that I am still live on Instagram and I have no idea why or how, but for one reason or another, I'm live on Instagram. So let's just take a Thanksgiving minute to thank Instagram for giving me a one live stream out of the last 30 times I've tried. Why did it work? I don't know. Have I figured it out? No, 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 I haven't. Nick Nielsen coming back in with something awesome as always. When I go through my process, it needs to be financial planning, fatal attraction. I would like you to explain that a little bit 
I'm intrigued by what you just said. And now that I spoke it to everybody, they're probably like, what? And me too. So yeah. Can Nick draw us a picture before bed? Jonathan, the best question so far. I think everybody would appreciate uh, Nick drawing us a bedtime finance picture of how we, how we should how we should uh, either correct our financial planning process or um, how we should think about financial planning. Um, yeah, so that's the way. I, and and, th- and let me tell you why I'm so big on financial planning is because when I came in, what during my last role, I got to see the transition between no planning and planning, and the difference was more clients and more money. And I hate to make it sound like it was just results because it matters about your process. But once we put the process in place, my man, once we put the process in place, it definitely became something because it was, and this is how it happened. And I want to tell you guys, seriously, this is how it happened. We were dealing with somebody and somebody was about to come in. We're dealing with our financial planning process. And I was talking to another advisor and he says, what do you think about charging? And I was like, absolutely charge them. I was like, look at the value we're providing. Look at the planning process we set out. I was like, we've done this free a few times. I think we got it down. Like, let's charge them. You know, it was like, it's just about like, let's say it. Let's just say this is the price and let's be confident about it. And we did it and it worked and we did it from there on out. And everybody who came through paid a planning fee. And uh, and and there were a lot of people who became, who, who went through the process who actually didn't end up having us execute. And which was, which not was interesting to me, but it just made me think people appreciate the planning process. People don't necessarily need the execution. They want somebody for a second look. It's just an extra revenue source, an extra chance for you to meet people. Now, let me step way back from what the hell I was talking about as Corey jumps on and say, what's going, man? How is your Thanksgiving? And what are you up to? No, no, no. Keep going. I'm, I'm all in on the, on, on talking about on the onboarding and the, the, the planning process. Yeah. Uh, let's jump in and Nick, what did he say? Um, oh, laughing probably about something about his picture before bed. So my process needs to be tame, tame their breath, Take, maybe take their breath take, away. They yeah, need to yeah. be saying, this is what we've been looking for. This all makes sense now. And I, I like that, Nick. And the reason is because, yeah, take, not tame. So he corrected. The reason I like that is because you can always tell that Nick is thinking, thinking from a high level of solving an issue for that person. And that's where it gets down to, you know, we're not, we're not sitting here arguing over percentage points. We're sitting here talking about, we're sitting here talking about like asking them questions about what do you need and how can I how can I fix that problem for you and what what is that issue that I can solve and and usually by me asking enough questions it's like a softball lob of of knocking it out of the park and one of the things I've realized in terms of sales in terms of closing uh, in terms of that process is my entire process is asking them more and more questions even even if it's the same question in a different way until I get to the root cause of what's bothering them, because maybe they don't even know. So I want the root cause of what's bothering them. And if I can solve that problem, our value is locked in forever. Our relationship is lined forever. And I'll always call them. I'll always service them. They'll always be happy to talk to me. But it's the fact that I took the time in the very beginning to get to know them, to understand them, in the same way that you would, Corey, when you're dealing with a marketing client, you're not just going to say, OK, let me see your logo. I'm going to go doing some changes. You need to know what they what they feel, what they're about and what they're thinking, where they are in their business and ask them some questions. You know, so we all similarly have a, a type of planning process and you can't be afraid to go through that you know, with your clients. Sounds like it lines up with everything that, you know, the majority of you guys, Ryan, and, and a lot of the community we're building do. I mean, you're turning something away from the transactional side of the business and trying to build deeper relationships with people. And to do that, you have to ask these questions and, you know, start somewhere and develop a relationship like you guys have been talking about. It's a, it's a service. You know what I mean? I'm creating templates of collecting information from people. I'm trying to make it more valuable to them. So it's simple. I want them to feel confident when they're sending me documents that everything's secure. It's the little touch points, the little, the little things that, that add to it that I feel are turnkey that are simple 
but that add to that value. And then when I'm talking to people, you know, I'm, I'm answering their questions and I'm, I'm looking them in the eye and I'm being honest and, and asking them what matters to them because I can't plan without that. And eventually we're going to get to a point where people are, are coming in and trying to provide somebody for something in the back end of their mind, they're trying to provide somebody for something that they don't even know if they need. And I just think people are becoming more keen to sales processes. They're becoming more keen to being uncomfortable that too good to be true. And I think one of the things that gets rid of the trust factor and all that stuff is that you're saying that I don't need your 401k. I'm not asking you to roll anything over. I'm bringing you through my planning process. This provides you a service that you get to see exactly where you stand financially and whoever executes on it is whoever executes on it. And I'm upfront about fees. I'm upfront about how much you're paying and upfront about how I can, how I can get commission and Walk all that stuff this, to the right? process. Like what's the challenge? What's what, what, what are you answering right now? Like what, what, what are advisors? I found, I found that this? I found that advisors aren't, some aren't planning. We talked to one who wasn't, he said, no, I don't go through a planning process. And I was like, yeah, I can change. I can change your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of any advisor who's planning could tell you their process and change your life in terms of the organization and realize that everybody you meet most likely in your wheelhouse would be willing to pay you an extra 1500. Let's say you meet, you know, five people throughout the year next only an extra, what, five to 10 grand or something like that. Now, if you're meeting high, higher level people that could mean five to 10 grand for plans, you know, for us, it was more around, it was more around like 1500 to 2500. So but it's it's game changing stuff when I'm making when I'm making forty thousand dollars and then I jump to sixty thousand dollars by providing more value for people. So why so why the, would advisors not do it? What's the holdup? Too much time? They don't they don't want to put the time into it. I don't think they know about it. They've never seen somebody do it. They've never seen the value. They don't feel it. They didn't know how well it works. They're used to their own process, and maybe it's usually. Let me let me provide as much value as I can in hopes that you roll something over or do something with me. I can do a lot of stuff in my head as an advisor, commissionable products, AUM, all this stuff. But you're always hoping, like when I talk to somebody, what can you do for me? When I'm when I'm bringing you through the planning process, I'm I'm bringing to light every everything you have, and not just so I can see it, but in terms of so I can provide you with recommendations for it. But again, it provides all that delight. I think it brings, you know, I like the, I, I see the value in it. I'm trying to figure out why an advisor wouldn't do it. And then let I me just imagine they haven't seen it. They've never seen it work. They haven't collected the money. They don't understand. Like I've already been doing this for free. Why would anybody pay for it? And sometimes it's literally the difference between you saying at the beginning, I charge this for my planning process. And then you just add that fee onto it. Because it's so valuable. I think some of you aren't taking enough value for what you provide for people. Let's pause there. I saw you guys talking money a minute ago. Do advisors charge based on assets? So if they know a really wealthy person needs a financial plan, does that price go from two grand to four grand? Does the meeting, does the, does, does, does the price fluctuate? Or is it me and my family is the same as the guy who's the CEO of you know, Wawa down the street? The the thing that's difficult is I would say, no, it shouldn't because it doesn't necessarily take extra effort to invest somebody's 100,000 to a million. But if somebody's making 200, $300,000 a year, then maybe you're executing on how they should be saving that money or something. Or if somebody's a business owner, then maybe you'd be spending more time going through that. So each person could use a different level of attention that could happen. But if you're mostly dealing with people who are retiring, like we were, and people who are taking care of their parents and simple situations where it's like, it's only a few accounts and we're, we're helping them, you know, get in the situation of putting their ducks in a row, then yeah, I would say it's mostly 1500 to 2,500. And obviously you could charge more. Um, but that's, that's where that was our wheelhouse. So you haven't seen advisors, change that price based on investable assets. Correct. And actually, and well, in terms of investable assets, normally you're lowering at least the, the percentage price that goes along with it, but the planning price would probably increase if there's more to do. So if somebody has more assets, like I said, because they're a business owner, you have sometimes more to think about. Maybe they don't even have a 401k and you're setting that up 
and then you're you're adding value to their employees and maybe you're meeting with them and then it i mean there's just a lot that could go into it and you're saying you're you're checking over somebody's life insurance and 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 doing all these things without getting the commissional com commission uh, like effect at the end you're just doing the planning process it could be more you know yeah. some people are more interested in disability insurance than others sometimes you have a breadwinner and the and the wife isn't working sometimes you have a couple so um i think it does matter for each individual. But of course I wouldn't say if somebody had a hundred thousand and somebody had a million, you don't just say, Oh, that person has more money. I'm going to charge them more. That's like selling a TV for $500 and seeing somebody walk in with a suit and now saying the TV $750. Right. No, no, and that's, that's what yeah. I wanted to know. That was the question yeah. I, I wanted to know. No, that's shitty. I mean, don't do that. Like, yeah. you know, people, people, I, I don't know. I, I always think about doing the right thing because the power of word of mouth is that when people speak to each other, if it's true, then it's the most powerful thing ever. And if it's not true, then it's bad. So I yeah, would always okay. say like, treat everybody equally. Look at the fact of treating people like a person and obviously not just the number that they're under. And then, you know, you'll obviously get a lot farther. I feel like financial, putting financial Charging plans 50 K a year for planning. Holy yeah, shit. That's crazy. Like a plan, like financial planning. Well, um, for who? What do you do? I mean, is it for, I mean, is it for, you know, Amazon? <laughs> Dude, that's a lot. Anyway. Um, I feel like it's the, it's the greatest lead gen service to a lifelong relationship um, and client that, that you could come up with. Like if you put together a proper financial plan for a young couple or, 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 you know, in the middle of their career, I can't imagine that if you do it right and, and offer them the human and, and show them who you are, they're going to work with somebody else. Like they're going to work with you at that point. I mean, and, and here's a, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of going off track here, but here's somebody that we didn't execute on a plan and, and we didn't, we, we, we didn't sell it correctly, but somebody had a life insurance policy where they had a, I think a million dollars in life insurance and it was a whole life policy and they were making a, they had a business and they were so, you know, made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and they were looking for legacy planning and they got it from their parents and they were going to hand it to their kids who were coming up in the business and all this stuff. And we were telling them like, there's a better way to prepare for retirement. It's not to say you can't use life insurance as a bucket for, 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 for a tax-free reason. It's not to say that's not one of the things on your list, but here's some other things you could do because that person was paying $50,000 a year in life insurance, taking them through the planning process you know, show them that. And I don't think we, we executed on it properly because we didn't end up working with that person as a, as a client because they were a business owner. And I think we could have appealed to them differently. But the, the point I think is, is to me is that the, the planning process at least shows people, you know, where they are and where they stand. And if you can show where you can solve that problem, if there is one, then that's when you decide whether you work together. You know, one of the thing, one of the greatest things about the plan that you're saying, Corey, is developing that relationship. So sometimes it's like you're, you know, you're, you set somebody up in this position, and I mean, there there actually has been somebody who who came from they were actually working from the IRS. They had like a 70k pension, and they were working, and they did they didn't feel like they needed an ongoing relationship, but they liked the aspect of the plan to show them where everything sits. You know, so there's a there's a there's a business aspect there of not only getting the assets, but finding people who, who never plan on working for never intended on working with a planner anyway, paying you a little bit of money because you're finally appealing to them and saying like, I just need that second look. So it's like, it's the second look and it's the relationship builder. Yeah. But like, let's think too, what if you build a financial plan for somebody and they don't, they leave it at that, but you built, you had a really good rapport. And then they they someone asks them if they know somebody, and then that's just a referral game. Like, it doesn't have to result in a new client necessarily, but you're just growing your brand and your network by building these financial plans for people. If I ever talk about building referable processes, it's referring to that, and it would be the rapport that comes in the planning process that mm -hmm. that people say, "This is how I felt." you're, you're selling, you're selling somebody being comfortable, you know, you're yep. selling peace of mind. Like it's, it's always comes back to an emotion. And, and obviously the, the intricacies of it come into the planning process and how you actually provide value and solve problems. So it get, it does get down to the nitty gritty, but in a sense, you're always providing that to somebody, but that's what they share with somebody. You know, somebody doesn't go and say, Hey, 
I met with Ryan and he told me how I was paying 1.25%. And, and when I went into this account, I, there was this expense yeah. ratio for my mutual fund. But they say, you know, I went through a process where he he put put everything in front of me and I, I felt comfortable at the end. And I and he showed me, you know, what I was missing and what I could do to take advantage of the things of where I wanted to go. You know, and Dude, really it's as simple it as then. like your HVAC goes in July. You call someone to fix your air conditioning. They fix it. When it comes time to replace the entire thing, if you had a good experience with the guy who fixed it five years ago, you're going to call him to do the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and really for us financial planners, like we're in contact with you. So the financial plan is the very first piece of, it's the little piece of sand, I think that comes along with the relationship and the idea that you want to work with somebody. The way we make money is by working with somebody for 10 years, really. Like yep. I want to develop a relationship with somebody who I like, who who feels value from me, who I can keep working with over the next, you know, decade or, or longer. You know, I want I want to work with their kids and whatever situation it comes from it because I find the value from that. Like I find a lot of value from developing that relationship, from being so close with somebody, having somebody trust me and actually execute on what I'm telling them, planning for somebody and developing those relationships. The planning process is the stake in the ground. It's the first staple of 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 meeting somebody and you start off on such a right foot because I'm not here with a product. I'm not here with a, with a, with a rollover. I'm not here with a, with an execution. You know what I'm here? I'm here with a service. I'm here with a presentation on, on giving you something tangible. So uh, it can be a one page plan, but I want to hand you something tangible first so you can feel some value from me. And then we can talk about what we do with it afterwards. And any advisor who doesn't do that, and I can tell how to do that, I feel like is, just changes their business, you know, because it changed ours and it changed the way that changed the way we were working. And it's, mm -hmm. I think why I'm so passionate about marketing in the same way. I love operations and how businesses actually function because I meet a lot of advisors who aren't doing it the way that we did it. And not to say that our way was perfect, but I think you're missing out on money and opportunity um, by not having a, a, a planning process. Yeah, recurring revenue and definitely opportunity. Hi, Ryan from Alaska. Hey, hello from Alaska, gents. Nice. Is it cold? Today was nice. It's cold Today now. Today was unbelievable. Yeah, it was so nice. Oh my god, it had to like it like it like it like ran up to seventy and like dropped back down. I thought or it was going to rain. So I was all prepared so, yeah. to be like inside. yeah. They said it was yeah. going to be crappy. The weather. The weather lied. It lied to us. The weatherman lied. Poor Ryan in do. Alaska. Every time he says he's in Alaska, people probably ask him what the weather's like. Is it cold? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Sorry, Ryan. Like no shit. <laughs> he's probably like, no, it's 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 daytime for fucking you know twenty three hours a day. Oh my god! Remember that movie? Uh, that was crazy. Yeah. So well, this got awfully know. deep on a Thanksgiving night. I didn't know what to talk about, so I think I started ranting in an aspect of something I've been thinking about recently, and it really came from somebody from our meeting, you know, from our Zoom meeting of of talking to somebody and and having that interaction of saying like, "No, I don't." But I used to make X amount of dollars. I meet this many people, you know what I mean? I see so much opportunity, and now I'm saying I'm building, especially from an LPL standpoint, I'm building MWP, I'm building SAM accounts. Um, that's that's exactly where we were. So when I see people trickling into that, I realize that they're not necessarily double doubling down on the planning aspect. They're they're falling into the MWP and to the SAM in terms of and what that means is like fee for service business, or you're just adding attaching a fee to it. You know, assets under management with a simple fee, call it one percent, um, just 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 to be reasonable. Um, and that 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 can fluctuate with people, obviously. And you can get into those nitty, nitty gritties if you want. And, the, and obviously, your planning fees can be can be five thousand. It can be it can be ten thousand if you find it worthy. Although it's interesting that Nick had that that story about somebody charging fifty. Um, and the thing I would say about that is, and I'll refer back to his other comment, which says honestly, nothing different than what you would do for a normal person getting ready to retire. I've heard of you know we were working in a lot of special needs planning, and our referral basis went a lot around price because while we wanted experience, there were people who would charge $2,500 for a special needs trust, which became pretty much 
their standard too, and they were using the correct language. We were comfortable. The trust were actually working and would execute execute pro properly. And there, there were people who would charge like thirteen or fifteen thousand dollars. And you're thinking like that's an astronomical difference. What could the language in a trust be different if it's this price, three thousand versus fifty? You know. So the same with planning fees. Like they can be astronomically high. I would guess. But can I'm, you, I'm, just, I'm just, interested in why that would happen. Can you hear my wife laughing upstairs at all? No, is she listening to? I, I introduced her to TikTok tonight. She's and, never seen TikTok? No, and she's dying at like the couple <laughs> videos. You know how like people make, the, the couples will make like funny videos? Yeah. Yeah, she's been, anyway. You guys, that's that's going to be you guys. I, I wish <laughs> I could be as creative as some of the people on TikTok. Yeah, there's some famous couples and I, um, I, I don't I don't know their names, but whatever. It's a lot of work. That platform's a lot. It's, of work. It is a lot of work. People don't people underestimate how much work it is, like anything else. Okay, yeah. so Nick Nick, charge for a plan. Do the do the plan and don't charge. Who cares? Just be the best one percent of the world in what you do. Money finds the top one percent. True. Nick. I was thinking of Nick today. I almost shot you a message, Nick. Um, you probably saw that. I looked at your profile because I wanted to see, but I saw you had that really good post that said like 20 years ago, I met my wife and everything, which was a phenomenal post. I was thinking of you today and thought that we should have a sketch from you today of just you drawing a turkey. Like I would have liked to see a turkey in the feed. But, but I never. <laughs> but Nick Nielsen style, like, of course, he had the perfect picture with the circles. It's still added to the drawing yeah. and his branding aspect. Once so I that's saw probably, that, that post probably why it was so great. Yeah. When I saw it, and he was like, "Here's all, here's um, here's all, you know, everybody I love." So yeah, Corey wants me to positive. draw a turkey. Yeah, and and I'm awesome. This this has to be Clay. I, every time it's LinkedIn user, I just assume it's Clay. So if you're not Clay, Clay, let me know. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, I always Clay. Thought of that. Happy Thanksgiving. I always thought of the plan as a wheel with with the process as the center and the spokes as each piece. Yeah. Let's metaphor it up, Clay. I like it. Clay's getting I deep. Don't, he's getting deep. I don't charge, but a lot do. I feel like RIAs charge more than BD reps for some reason, maybe less red tape. Good. That's a good point. Let's see. Is that true? But but less red tape, meaning, but why would you charge more? I guess for me, I would charge less because like a BD is usually stealing a percentage so usually you do less because you don't need to hand any over to it to your BD or or your process is easier. So you would charge less. Um, is it true that RIAs charge more than BDs? No, I, oh, I don't know. That's my question. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I would ask. I would ask why. I would ask why. Um, it's just the brandy talking. Okay, Clay, that makes sense. Getting deep on the Thanksgiving day. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Richard, I'm a hard time. I don't, I don't charge, but a lot do. I'm interested, Richard. Why, why don't you charge? Do you feel that it's necessary if you acquire like either a commission at the end or assets under management, whatever you're looking for, that it's not worth charging on the front end or, or can you not? And you're not allowed. Some people aren't allowed and I still suggest you plan. So here's something interesting. If you're yeah. a commission person and you're capable I don't know if you're allowed to do a plan, but I know you can sometimes just sell insurance, but you can be a CFP. I would still go through the planning process and say, this is where I fit in. Here's all your stuff. I can't do any of this, but I do insurance. And here's where I fit in. I think that would earn you a lot of respect in terms of reaching out to people, in terms of meeting people. You present like an advisor and you have other advisors in your network for, for assets under management and things like that. Um, I think that would go really far. I've been thinking about that a lot. So, you know, and that's kind of like just in the bucket you're in. It's kind of like when we talk to Edward Jones advisors, you can only do so much. So like you can't talk about finance. Now your personal branding on social media. You know, if you're not allowed to charge for plans, but you can do plans, I still suggest you do it. The value provided, I believe, would lead to, um, you know, leads to the value in the long run. I so. respect that a lot, though, because like just on the marketing side, I've put together so many pitch books for potential clients and it's a lot of work. And like I'm not saying that's this it, that's perfectly aligned or apples to apples with putting together a financial plan for somebody, but I don't charge them for that. And I'm basically outlining what I would do for them if they hired me. And nine, eight times out of ten, they don't hire. They're, they they put it together. They 
whatever. I don't know what they do with it. Maybe they steal the ideas. But to Rich's point, for not charging, I respect that. That's a lot of work to put in and not know what's going to happen you know, down the road. Oh, let's, let's jump into Richard. I like I like dealing with this because he's actually engaging and doesn't charge a plan. So I, pr- I really appreciate you um, making these comments. Feel like add value and get the business on the back end. At worst, you did right by the prospect and maybe get referrals or at least a good reputation. Yeah, it's the right completely way to agree. do it. No, yeah. I completely agree. And my point, Richard, is that I would guess that if you're doing this and you really believe in your service, that you could probably charge people and get the same exact um, result with you ending up with a little bit more money in your pocket because you realize how much effort and process you're putting in on the front end. Not to say you have to, not to say you have to be a shark about it. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying sell a high ticket item so people commit, you know, but I do feel like once you put people through a process and they're paying for that process to ask them, who do you want to execute almost lines you up and it's a good it's a good presentation for that person. That's you might also my- win a lot of business up front. If, if there's clients out there that are pricing out the options and you come in, you're just like, I'll, I do this for free. Well, everybody meets for free too. Like a lot of people meet for free. But they don't so put together meet- financial plans. And, and that's kind of, I guess that's, well, yeah, that's true. So yeah, if you're putting a plan, that's good. And I think, I think it's, it's just, it, yeah. I just left 100K on the table. Well, if you're doing it right, it's going to come back to you in spades. I mean, that's. Yeah. Like you're not doing anything wrong again. Like if you're meeting, you know, but I would argue if you're meeting 20 people a year and you're providing a financial plan, even let's say, let's call it, let's call it a thousand dollars. That could be an extra $20,000 in your pocket just for charging that person, which I think would be extremely valuable for setting them up in their future and saying, these are the things you could do to execute on your plan. Again, you want to pick the investments and stuff like that but here's the categories you should be in. Here's the things you should focus on. Here's your points. Like you're providing that service to uncover what they should be in. And and I like how Nick put it. You don't have to charge. And that's true. And maybe if you're starting out, you shouldn't, but everybody has to make money somewhere. And I think it's hard for a younger person to a younger person. I think, uh, I think Nick's 38, you know, so, but uh, as a younger person, let's, let's call it 25. Who's just getting into the business to be looking for, half a million dollars of rolling over assets or a couple hundred thousand dollars or that first million dollar client, you know, that stuff comes far and few between because there's, there's, there's so many established advisors out there. It's scary to give, give that much money to that person. But I think if you saw that person go through a process, you wouldn't be just asking for the the rollover. You're not asking for the execution right away. You know, you're not just jumping into the money. You're dealing with something that that shows your value, and they can. It's almost giving a. It's almost giving that person an opportunity to test you. You know, so I look at it like that. It's, it does a lot of things. So I've always loved it. Again, you don't have to do it, but that's that's my sale on it. Hang on, don't read Matthew's question yet. Stay with me here, because okay. it's long, it's deep, and I want to give it the time it it, it deserves. It's my brother-in-law. You and I um, offer a service that we hope advisors pay for. Now that service is only a drill down based on what we give away for free. Yep. Explain to me the difference between that and doing a financial plan for somebody for free. And then the drill down of that being hoping that they come on as a client and move their assets to you. What do you mean in terms of like, like break it down? You give away a lot of free content. Yeah. You give away a lot of free advice. Uh-huh. I could argue that you give away enough that someone could build a marketing plan out of it. Okay. Yeah. Is that a hang up ever in terms of like, so couldn't we just say that advisors should just give away financial plans for free? Because like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think this through a but little bit. Like to me, free content is different from free planning. Like if I were to meet with somebody, ask about their business and provide them a marketing plan, for free in hopes to gain their business, it would be different than me doing the show every day, if that's what fair. you mean. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Because that's a lot of execution on specifics. So I look at it like I'm now providing a value for the person and now I'm doing this service and I want to be a service. You know, I want you to feel like you're you're paying for something and that's the objective advice you're getting. I the The payment also creates the relationship between us that you're paying me X amount of dollars to give you this advice and nothing else. I, I ask for nothing from you. I want nothing from you. 
There's no, I don't look for commission on the back end because I've already gained X amount of dollars. I've always appreciated having the plan because of that, because I can always say, you're paying for my objective advice. I'm giving you this plan and you don't have to be afraid of me looking for something, waiting for the shoe to drop. By the way, I have this thing, I have this product or I have this whatever after you go through your process, because that's just, that's, the, that's, the, that's what the process provides. You're paying for objective advice and I give you that objective advice. And when I deliver on what I say I'm going to give you, it sells me as the person who should execute on it. That's why I believe in the plan, whether you charge for it or not. But to me, it's like you're, you're probably providing so much value during the planning process. It's worth for you to be paid during okay. that time. Fair. So you said this is your brother-in-law? Yep. So is he like upstairs on a computer? Uh, no, but he is in Florida on a computer. Well, all right. How on earth are people getting clients without taking people through? A, you know, oh, sorry. I was jumping to Nick's comment. We could we could go back to Matt's. Matt's is super long. Um, Let's dig in. Let, okay, I'll, I'll get to, I'll get I'll get I'll jump to Nick in a second. We're gonna go through that. How? Let me just read his comment real quick. How on earth are people getting through clients uh, without taking people through a process? I want to talk about that in a second because it's also like a pro. It's also a point of let's do what's right for people. And I think the planning process does that, whether you charge for it or not. I think the planning process, some type of process in the beginning of finding out where people are financially before you provide recommendations should be a a, a staple in everybody's business. Let's so I'm stay not on sure. It. You've already you've already talked enough about this top topic. Okay. So let's just stay here for a minute. So Keep going. <laughs> I agree. So it, it that's a good point. Like, I don't know how people are getting clients. I you can always sell somebody something. My, my question would be, how are people providing the most value by not putting people through a process? What are you, I think everybody has theirs eventually. Maybe it could always be sharper, but how are you really providing value if you're just meeting somebody, finding how much money they have and shoving somebody in a product on the back end that's in the back of your mind? Like that's never, that's never a successful thing. And that's, that's why that job is so hard because it's crappy and doesn't really work. So taking somebody through a process and it is like the, the way that somebody is the way that you should act as an advisor in terms of giving somebody the respect of, you know, earning their money. You know, I think I really think it should be an entry. I don't think anybody should learn anything but planning when they before they get into anything. So when they talk to somebody, they go through a planning planning process. Exactly, Nick. Like I wouldn't even know what to sell. Exactly. Yeah. What like. And that's why I loved it because it's like, here's all the things you can do. We've looked through your insurance by the end of the planning process. We've looked through your short-term disability through your work. We've looked through your 401k and extra assets on the side and all these things. And here's where I can execute. We can look for a term policy outside of your for, uh, outside of your work if you want to, if, in case you ever leave your job. Or in case you don't want to, you know, use some of that, it can travel with you. It's super cheap because you're so young. That's something that I can do that we can look into, or maybe we can supplement. Not something that's absolutely necessary. Your 401k stays alone. We don't need to move something right now. Maybe you're adding to your Roth IRA, or maybe you can. Maybe if you're a business owner, you can set up a, a 401k in terms and and something like that. So it's just it's while, so while we're here. Hang on, while we're here, and this is on the topic I just brought up. So yep. happy Thanksgiving, Richard. Um, Remind us of what you, you and I do privately versus offering all this free advice on all these free calls. Oh, Richard, hey, what a great question. Exactly what you do during your planning process. So you would sit here and give blanket advice to people. There's a lot of things that we could say as planners in terms of pay yourself first and don't spend more than you make. And like a lot of those little things that provide blanket advice, but like, how would I help you, Richard? I don't know you. Right. I don't know that's what exactly, you do. I don't know answer. your business and I need to find that out. Like you need to go through our planning process. So our plan well, for what's planners your market what's is, your, where, is where you what stand? are you doing? Who are you talking to? Do you even have that person? Do you have that network that you're speaking to? Are you looking for that? What, how does your, how is your process currently working? Is there anything you can automate 
you know, that, that you're successfully like, say you're a successful guy working for two to $400 an hour, and you could be supplementing something for $20 an hour. You could buy MailChimp to start pushing out your email newsletter or something you're doing your own. It's just a lot of little things that I find people are doing. So I'd have to hear about your situation and, and kind of do the thing. No, no, leave no stone unturned in terms of finding out what you're doing, where your activity is and see if you can't maximize your time and, you know, maximize your business in the same way that somebody can't maximize their money and, and they're working for a job and they also have their goals. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the 30,000 foot thing. level advice versus it's the exact same thing. granular advice. Really. It's, it's us knowing who you are and what your business is about versus giving the 30,000 foot kind of riff on a Thanksgiving evening. Every like I could tell everybody post three times a day, like be on LinkedIn and TikTok because that's where the organic growth is. Do if you're doing ads, LinkedIn is expensive, Facebook is cheap. Like you guys hear this stuff all over the place, you know. So I can always tell you that, but where you should execute depends on where you are in your business and where you're sitting, and what you should do depends on who you're talking to, what age group, and things like that. Because you know, Nick is talking to people who are higher income. And he likes LinkedIn because he can find those people. You know, Ruff is talking to executives and he can find those people here. And and if you're looking for retirees, I might not tell you to sit on LinkedIn because these are people who are usually currently working and not to say they're not here, but it's just an age group thing and an income. Well, let's just look at the calls we had last week. It's firm personality, uh, niche markets, where you're at. Shout out to Nick. Business. Hey, Appreciate you, Nick. Thank you for sticking around so much. Um, let me know what movie you were watching, and uh, you know, so much like you know, love to you and your family because you're you're an awesome guy and you're always supporting us. So thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your little ones and your Cheers, wife. Cheers, buddy. And go ahead. Sorry. No, I just I feel like we can answer Richard's question just based on the calls we had last week, which is, you know, it's different by firm, by personality, by what you've done in the past, what's worked, what hasn't, um, what you enjoy. Maybe you're not a video person. Maybe you're a text person. Maybe you're not an audio person or a video person or a text person. And maybe or you're doing videos to- and you don't have a podcast. And I can tell you how to export the audio and put it into a podcast. And now you have a completely separate marketing channel that you never had that I believe will change your business and you weren't even doing it because you didn't know you could export the audio from video. It's little, it's, it could be little, it could be huge. Like when we talk to people, that's what we uncover. So it's, it's it's really the same thing as you financial planners, which you guys do. You find out that some guy like me has money left over at an employer from, you know, 10 years ago. And you're like, let's why, you know, kind of makes sense to move that. Right. (laughs) And I think because I've also done it and I've used a lot of technology, I can say, what are you trying to do? What, how much are you spent? We're having trouble streaming to your destination. Instagram just cut off, I guess. Would you, you stop worrying Instagram, about Instagram? You know what, Instagram, you're dead to me. <laughs> you're, you're dead to me. It had the check mark the entire time. Let's go back to my... Let's go back to my... Yeah, get to the media one. Matt, my, my awesome brother-in-law. Okay, should I read this? This is... I don't think you have to read it. Everyone can see it. Just address okay. it. Okay. Well, I didn't know if this would be a podcast and it should be, everybody's going to be like, what? All right. Um, well, shit, I have to read it now. I'm. I yeah, you screwed it. us now. <laughs> All right. I've, I've had advisors offer a percentage on AUM or fee-based quarterly planning. I agree a plan makes sense because it puts prospects in three boats. They don't want to pay and aren't serious. They want an opportunity to learn about the advisor and develop a relationship and opt for the fee-based plan, or three, immediately place AUM with advisors on a percentage scale. If I don't know what you know, your expertise, I wouldn't want to give you my money. Yes. I agree. Exactly. I think it gives you a chance to prove yourself. I think it gives you a chance to, to show your value and impress people. And I think it gives them a chance to ask you questions about the product. Everybody wonders when they're dealing with an advisor, like, where's my money going? Like, what's happening? Where does it move? It's going from one name to another, like to you. But to them, it, you're, you're, you're taking the money out of their pocket and you're like, you're like throwing it in the dumpster somewhere. You know what I mean? So sometimes people just don't understand the process and they just want to know exactly what's happening. So I just am very upfront about exactly what people are going to see names on statements, how things are, people are interesting about change, you know, but I always, I always try to lead with that and, and provide the value over 
or hanging over it so people feel comfortable uh, moving forward with something like that. People can be really interesting. And I think a lot of advisors can have funny stories. You know, one of mine recently, I want to tell you guys, one of mine recently was um, of, uh, actually, no, I don't want to tell the story. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, uh, not to say that anybody would ever see it, but I'm afraid, I'm afraid of upsetting somebody if they happen to watch my LinkedIn. Loose lips IPA over there. People watch your stuff when you don't even realize it. That's something I learned from marketing. So let's 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 hang it back. They sure do. They sure do. Let's do it. I don't know hey, what that just, means, Richard, because you, you said let's do it, and I wasn't paying attention when you said it, so I don't know when it applies. You Boom, just ignored Clay. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Clay. Clay. I was in the insurance world for four years, and there is a lot of fear selling. Taxes, markets, banks are all going to screw you. I don't like... Fear selling is the worst. It's the I worst. don't like creating a relationship off of taking that emotional aspect to somebody. I don't think that's necessary. I think you can provide value in a positive light and saying that I'm, I'm, you can be the light at the tunnel besides being the not light at the tunnel. I'm sure I could have found a better way to say that, but there it is. Yeah. There's your t shirt. I just think you can be more positive and share your information and share how you can be there for people and, and be the constant voice of somebody I think of as like Joe Conroy is like a calming constant, you know, like everything's going to be okay. You know, the markets like kind of do crazy stuff instead of being like, I, and I think you can always touch on politics and things like that, but like, Oh, taxes are changing. Like everything's going crazy. You know, what are you going to do with your money? You know, for the most part, well, if we were Phew. changing our portfolios every four years, like that's Here's just the not problem what most fear. of us do. You know? Fear runs out, right? So eventually people get old and tired of fear and they start looking for hope. And you, can, you can't you can sell on fear forever. So if you hook somebody on fear, are you going to follow that throughout your entire relationship with them? Because the fear, fear only works for so long. How, and that, I love that you said that because- how you start with somebody is I feel like how usually the relationship builds and how mm -hmm. it grows or how it can possibly end in the same way that if you sell somebody on the fact that somebody else was making 4%, but you can make them six because you put them in a growth fund, but for some reason the year is shitty and now it didn't beat that 6%, which was more of a bond mix, but just because of the timing, like that's a, that you, you lost because you, you didn't time the market. You tried to time the market with the conversation, even if you didn't try to time the market with the investments. So you have yep. to be careful on the presentation you make with the individual in front of you because you're promising somebody or giving somebody the expectation of where their money is going to be. And it's more about that you have to get them to understand about the relationship at hand and how long it's going to take for things to happen, what they're supposed to do. What are that we talking about all the time? Around. Under promise, over deliver. Just it's under promise, it's over, over deliver. Over and, and over most again. people over promise, under deliver in the sense that they're trying to make sales. Yep. So they they jump ahead, and they say things they shouldn't say, or promise things they shouldn't promise, or they say something and they think I'll backtrack a little bit on that later. Throughout the next few meetings, I'll tone down something I said. But you have to remember that that person may never forget that percentage that you told them at the very beginning ever, because that's what they're now interested in and saying, well, why wouldn't I move with somebody if I can make 6% instead of four for the same amount of risk? Maybe you didn't even talk about risk. So you got to be super careful. And that's why I'm so big on the planning process. Dude, that's my father-in-law in a nutshell. If, if you told him something in the first meeting, he would hold your ass to that. And that relationship would be fried if you didn't deliver on it. Richard, you know, Richard, you don't have to join. Just keep hanging out with the show every morning. And you'll learn eventually some stuff to do. No need. I appreciate you, Richard, really, for, for commenting and hanging out with us this Thanksgiving evening. I hope you and your, if you have a family, are awesome. That um, was Ryan's way of being, of humble selling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sign up. Sign up, Richard. Um, uh, it's going to be a really cold, it's going to be a really cold winter if you don't sign up. My kids need jackets. Are and we taking the day off tomorrow? No. MCO's no, not. not off. We don't get PTO days. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't even get Thanksgiving no. off. <laughs> no. Uh, no. You put your kids to sleep and you jump on StreamYard. <laughs> All right.
Well, with that, then I'm going to go see if I can salvage 20 extra minutes with my wife before she falls asleep. Okay. Um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I don't even know what we're talking about, but I didn't know we were talking about today and it was such an awesome show. And that's why you should always join because you never know where it's going to go. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Everybody. What's up? I should, I will, I will wear coats. I have not even eaten yet. <laughs> awesome, Richard. Hey, and maybe you're even, uh, maybe you're West coast and I didn't know, you know, it could only be seven 30 for you. It's a regular day. Uh, but for us, it's 1030 because it's East Coast. So I don't know where you live. But either way, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Um, man, five people here. Now, I know one of them's me, but and now there's six. Some of you guys carried for the entire hour, which is pretty yeah, there awesome. Was, you so, had a good – there was at least – I saw 10 or 11 at, at one point. Thanks so much, people, for, for hanging out with us. It was awesome. Yeah, when when Nick left, obviously, we I, I saw we it, lost I saw it time, drop yeah. one. But, yeah. um, well, one. I mean, it's only one person, but – it still is. Um, I appreciate you guys sticking around for an entire hour, especially on Thanksgiving. Really fun to do this late night show and just kind of chat with you guys. Uh, so much engagement. And I, why I pushed to do this is because I figured maybe the day would be over. You know, kids would be in bed and people would be hanging out. Obviously, for us to jump on the show, it's a little bit like work. But we just want to provide some relief for people and want to hang out with you guys, always provide you with some value. And I just wanted to have some fun. So I appreciate you guys sitting here. I'm going to blow your mind in a second and and question whether or not the show should start experimenting with nighttime television here. I don't know. Does it become an evening show? I just something to think about. I'm just saying, Hey, hey, this is doing really well. I don't know if it's Thanksgiving, (laughs) but we need to test more. We need to, now we need to test more because so many people are laying in bed, just looking at their shit. And if you're one of those people, hello. So awesome. Um, again, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks Corey for making this awesome background. I kept it for here. Thanks for jumping on. Um, I actually sent Corey the link and said, be here if you can. We were talking and he was like, I can't commit to anything. I just wanted to put a time down to make sure we did this. So I appreciate everybody being here for so long. Appreciate you, Corey, for stepping in here. I'll go yeah. tell my wife. I appreciate her for me running down here and my family members that I left to go do this show. I thought they'd all be gone, but they weren't. That was my mistake um, with a Filipino family. Everybody stays cleaning up and stays as late as possible. People will be asleep. You on bailed the on the dishes, you bastard. You just ran out. Um. Now the main, now maybe this was a really good idea actually yeah. I'm not sure but yeah either way, <laughs> it's like uh, no I'm, I'll, I'll you you always get it one way or another you either do the work or you feel the work I think. yeah that's, that's um, fair. so so I will see you guys later um, later guys happy Thanksgiving Clay assuming that's Cheers, still everybody. you pretending it is have a great night from Richard have a good, have a great night everybody thanks so much for being here thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show. We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors. You finding success means everything to us. If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating. Thank you all. Talk soon.